Well, I, th- I was thinking about some things today, and I thought about, you know, the question of what do you believe, and why do you believe it? And it, it seemed like a simple question, but what do you believe, and why do you believe it? Because, you know, a lot of, peop- a lot of people, Christians today, they'll all say, well, yeah, I believe the Bible. But what part of the Bible do they believe? You know, it's really interesting. Sandy and I have traveled around a lot, visited a lot of different denominations through the years, been exposed to a lot of things, and invariably people really say they believe the Bible or they'll say their minister teaches the Bible, but it just seemed like they tear out a lot of pages. (laughs) And honestly, where do I go with this today? You'll probably have to help me and smile at me once in a while because it's not like I have this all scripted, but, but I thought about some elements that go with this. And then the other question is, not only what do you believe and why do you believe it, but what influenced you to believe that way? These are things you need to deal with personally. Why do I believe what I believe? Well, the gospel is quite simple. As many as call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's Jesus Christ. So it's, it seems basic to us, but then when we, I, I pulled off some things here today that I thought might be of interest. Just a study that's been done. But anyway, it talks about mainline Protestant churches, also called mainstream American Protestant and on and on and on are a group of Protestant churches in the U.S. that contrast in history and practice with evangelical fundamentalism and charismatic Protestant denominations. Sounds like a lot of words. But basically, there's a a mainline denominational scope out there that would include several of them. Uh, In fact, mainline Protestants were a majority of all Christians in the United States until the mid-20th century, but now constitute a minority. Now, these include like your United Methodist Church, your Evangelical Lutheran Church, Presbyterian Church, I'm quoting this, uh, Episcopal Church, American Baptist Churches, and the United Church of Christ, Disciples of Christ, Reformed Church, and so on and so forth. Now, without getting into a lot of wordage here, those churches tend to more major on the social issues. If you go into one of those, it's rare that you'll hear what we would think of as a born-again message. They'll talk about a lot of things, and they're also, in further reading in this, they're the most educated group in colleges. They're the most educated. They go to school more than anybody else that's in ministry. But they seem like the more they go to school, the more social issues they tend to get behind. I might say it in... In my own lingo, if you go to those type churches, you may never hear that you must be born again. You may never hear it. You may hear some real eloquent speaking and what do they call it? Uh, three points in a poem type, type speeches. <laughs> but you'll rarely hear uh, what the Bible really says about much of anything. Now, I'm not here to criticize those, but it gets back to you. What do you believe? Why do you believe it? What influenced you to believe that way? Now, coming out of a background, my father's sitting right here, and he knows we didn't go to church when I was a child, maybe a a funeral, 
We didn't go to church. I didn't, I didn't know uh, all the things that I thought others must know about this gospel. But there came a day when I threw a, a, a book that was written on the history of the Bible, the proof of the Bible, the proof that it really happened, every aspect of it is true. I began to realize it was God's Word. Now, honestly, uh, I looked up another thing today, and do you know that only 28% of Americans believe that it's the inspired Word of God? And another 28% believe it's inspired, but should not be taken literally. So if you're looking at it that way, only a little over one-fourth. Now, this is a 2004 survey. I don't know what's changed in nine years. <laughs> I, I have to say, I think it's slipped more than that. But so if you're in that one-fourth that believes the Bible is actually the Word of God, you're in the minority in America today. So what's my point? Well, my point is, what do you believe in? Why do you believe it? What influenced that? So many people, when, when you're out ministering, they'll say, well, my church teaches this. You know, well, I'm a, you know, whatever it is, I'm Catholic, my church teaches this. I'm Methodist, my church teaches this. But it reminds me of, of Peter in, in uh, Matthew 16. Let's just go there. It reminds me of that when I think of it. Go to Matthew 16. Uh, start in 13. And Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, and he asked the disciples, Jesus said this to these, his followers, who, who do men say that I am? And so they said, well, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, and one of the prophets. They didn't know who he was. But he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Brought it around personal. Like I am today, what do you believe? And why do you believe it? <laughs> See? Well, Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living, living God. And of course, further in that, it, Jesus indicates as he goes on, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, but flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. The Holy Spirit spoke to Peter and said, This is the Christ. And if you get in that quiet time sometime and you're looking at this, the Holy Spirit would tell you, this, this, is, this is God's Word. And He might even go on to say, and I'm here to teach it to you. Amen? Because mm-hmm. He is our teacher, the Holy Spirit. Amen. He's the one that Jesus sent that said He'd be our teacher. And He came to verify this Word. He came to verify to Peter that this was the Christ. So as we, uh, as we walk through this life and we want to grow in the Word of God, we need to establish these things. What are we carrying over some other teaching that really didn't fit? Maybe some things that are taught here. Sometimes you read the Bible and it doesn't seem to gel with what you heard over at that other church or, or whatever. It's something you have to deal with, see. You have to say, am I going to be one of those 28% <laughs> or am I out there dangling somewhere? Uh, don't know what to believe. So if I have a task in life for teaching this Bible, it's to help people know that if, if God says it, that settles it. That's, that's the Word of God. But you don't tear out half the Bible if there's some things you don't believe. 
Because when you get into other other doctrinal things and not picking on anybody, but you you uh, you take these other this other group of people that are uh, I, I saw it here somewhere that are like. Uh, evangelical or fundamentalists or charismatic. Now, those people in general tend to believe the born-again message. Personal relationship with Jesus. Not a relationship with a church or denomination, but a personal relationship with the one that Peter said is the Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. So these tend to be that way, but on the other side of the coin, just because they're evangelical doesn't mean that they will teach you that healing is for today. And fundamentalists that generally tend to preach that, speak that, well, you need to be born again, and we really live in the Bible, but you know, a lot of that's all passed away now. Miracles. They've gone away. But they're good teachers. They've, we've learned some foundational things from some fundamentalist teachers that really help both Sandy and I. However, when they get to that part about miracles passing away, my ears shut. Because I don't want to hear that because I know different. I know God is still a miracle God. And also, uh, without beating that horse to death, uh, I just thought those were some interesting things to chew on a little bit. Of course, 18% on that survey said that the book was simply an ancient book of tables of uh, fables rather legends history moral concept written by some man now uh, as far as the validity of the bible i had some stats here a while ago but there's something like 1800 authors in the bible uh, written in many many countries over several centuries and there's only evidence that it maybe only two or three of them ever met each other, and that they all agree on the Word of God. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, even in, even in your lifetime, uh, there's things like uh, some more seals that were written way back when have been, been discovered in caves that verified everything that is written in the Bible going back thousands of years. So, you know, I know that most of you are there, there anyway, but... I think it's sometimes good to support these things and get some understanding of how solid this is. What is what is it? Because guess what? Today is what? It's the first day of the rest of our lives. Is it not? So if we have anything missing in how we believe or how we want to proceed the rest of our life, thou's the day to get that foundation correct. I'm all about foundation because I, I know along the way my foundation wasn't all straight like, you know, some people, they've just got it made day one. I've never met that person, but <laughs> but I didn't feel that I did. And even after we'd been in, um, uh, known the Lord a while, and even after we'd been in ministry for a while, there were times I thought I might be missing something. I'd look at gaps in our life. I'd see, I'd see maybe the financial thing wasn't in place. I'd see uh, maybe some other things weren't, weren't there. Maybe, maybe I felt that I wasn't the best family man in the world. So I'd call upon the Lord to help reestablish my foundation. I tell a story about being in California. We left this country in 1987. We'd been in South Dakota all our life except for Germany, Vietnam, and stuff like that. But, but this is where we came from. Well, we get out to California, and it's a whole different world. 
I think all the animals live out there. <laughs> Not sure. But uh, anyway, you know, out there you're in a city and you're driving by these things and they had all these incredibly big buildings. They still don't have any of those in St. Ange. <laughs> but these were big buildings. But I got to noticing as I'd go by those buildings, before they went up with that building, they went way, way deep in the ground. And I was going by there one day and I felt, I just felt like the Lord had pointed that out to me to show me that if you want to go high, you've got to go deep first. Mm-hmm. And as far as where we are today, a lot of what comes out of my mouth today has been building for 30 some years. Depth. Because you know, if you're going to minister, preach the gospel, that thing, that that word needs to be working in your life too. <laughs> that doesn't mean you wait to share it with people, but it just means that it works better if you're speaking from a position that you could verify or make it valid with your own life that it's working. Now, what areas would we be talking about? And we can approach a lot of these subjects today, but then it gets back down to what do you believe? And you see, when it comes to healing, I'm going to talk about healing today. Because what few people realize is many times in the New Testament it talks about salvation. I had a quote, and I don't know where that went. I might have been so well prepared today, I would tell you what it was. But it had to do with the fact that salvation, I'd like to get get that quoted. Salvation meant means basically the absence of sin or sin's effect on your life. I want you to go to Deuteronomy 28. How many would agree that God doesn't change according to what... What we read in the Bible, what we've seen, God never changes. How many would agree with that? He's the Creator, right? He's never changed His mind about anything. He is not able to change His mind about anything. And we know that from what He tells us in His Word. But one of the things that, I, that has come alive to me recently is this idea of healing. In your body. Is it God's will to heal? Well, if we go back to the Old Testament, the same God in the Old Testament is in the New. Am I right, or right, right about that? Yes. Same God, right? And He loves us just as much as He loved everybody in the Old Testament. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Bible even says He loves us as much as He loved Jesus. Isn't that right? He says that. So His love for us never changes. Now, in the Old Testament, he only had one requirement, to have everything that he had. Do you know what that was? Well, I'll read it right here in verse twenty, chapter 28 of Deuteronomy. I probably didn't give Did I give you 28? Yeah. It says, the verse is one for the beginning. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently, diligently obey the choice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today that the Lord your God will set you on high above all nations. Now, when you go down and read all these blessings, they pertain to uh, life and health in your body, prosperity. I mean, we could read all those things, but it's just loaded with blessings. All you had to do in the Old Testament, all the Jews had to do was 
let me say it like this, be faithful to their Lord. He provided everything for them. I mean, he just opened the windows to them all the time. All they had to do was be faithful. Keep the sin out of their life. And guess what? If they would do that, guess what he would do for them? Everything. Everything pertaining, as the Bible says, to life and God. He'd give them prosperity, give them all the food. Uh, I mean, he'd, they had no problem with provision or even wealth. He'd make them wealthy. And he'd keep them healed. There'd be no sickness or disease. And actually, if sickness or disease w- would come on them, all they had to get their health back was repent, turn around and, and get their life right. Now, since Deuteronomy 28, these first blessings through 14 apply to everything blessed, everything blessed, their entire life blessed, just because they, if they would diligently obey the voice of the Lord, which was not difficult. But you know the main thing that they would do that would get them in trouble? They'd start worshiping other gods. Now, in America, you don't maybe think about this very much, but we have so many gods that people are worshiping. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not talking about the God of Islam or the God of this. Or God. I'm talking about uh, the God of Mammon, the God of Bud Light, uh, the God of the casinos down here. Those are gods for a great escape, you know, where... Where if you're a believer, you might sit down and want to get with the Lord and talk to Him about it, commune with the Lord a little bit, go down to the casino and pull one of those things. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying it's wrong to go. If you want to go put a quarter in there, fine, do it. I'm not saying that's that's sin. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's where they begin to put their trust in their outlet. What's your escape? Bud Light. I think of Bud Light a lot because having had a restaurant and realized that if you want to know what people drink, it's Bud Light. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I couldn't help but think of this this week down there. I don't know why it came up. I don't know if it fits or not, but I I was thinking about the guy that that, uh, grew up out there in the prairie and he got bit by a rabid dog. So they were pretty sure he had rabies. And you know, from what I tell, you can take shots for rabies, but it's really painful. So they drug this guy in, and they knew he had rabies, and they said, do you want to take those shots? And he said, no. He said, I need a pen and, or a pencil and paper. Well, why do you want that? He says, I want to make a list of everybody I'm going to bite. <laughs> <laughs> So whatever that's got to do with. (laughs) But anyway, then we go into 15 and we see curses here. Now, if you read these curses, and there's so many of them, I'd never begin to read them today. You'd be be, uh, here till after lunch and, and headed home before I ever got done with them. But if you read those carefully... These are curses that come in verse 15. It said, but it shall come to pass if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God to do, observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes, which I command you this day, 
that all these curses will come on you. And there's a lot of curses there. And they're, they're talking about financial curses. They're talking about cursing your body, cursing your family. It's ugly. It really is ugly. But why do I bring these up? Because we, we are certainly in a different dispensation. We are covered by a gospel of grace, which the commandment we have basically is love one another, right? That's our basic. But the issue is, these were things that God wanted to redeem His people from. So when He talks about being a salvation today, it means redemption from all that stuff. Every form of sickness and disease, every, everything. Now, it's, it's verified in Isaiah 53, and I know this is old hat to some, but it's verified there why Jesus died for us. Quite, quite simple. He set a way for us to be redeemed from all that stuff. All those curses. We're redeemed from the curse, it says in Galatians 3.13. And here's why it is. He says in verse 5, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Just chastised our peace was upon Him. And by His stripes we are what? Healed. We're healed. What's that mean? That means when He was beaten on the way to the cross, those beatings were the were for you and I to receive our healing. The price has been paid. He paid just as big a price for, to be saved as we think of it as He did for your healing. Why would we separate that out? Even the same word. There's a Greek word, sozo. I don't have that all listed today. Same Greek word, sozo, is used interchangeably in the New Testament. So one time it'll be salvation. One time it'll mean healed. It's used interchangeably. God doesn't separate it. Why am I talking about this? Well, just simply because the majority of Christians don't really realize healing is for today for you. How do you get your healing? Well, just like this. We build a foundation. Rebuild your foundation. Because somewhere along the line you've been taught, or maybe you've been taught, or you've at least heard influential people say, well, it's not for today. We don't know if God's will to heal you or not. That's what people say. That's what I said in the beginning. What do you believe? Why do you believe it? Who influenced you to believe that way? Sometimes, you know, you can, uh, you can have people drop a little negative on your life and, and you believe it just because you like them. And they're nice people and they seem educated and they seem sincere and they'll tell you things. And if you took that sometimes, let me give you a little side trip here. And, and I'm not teaching on how to be led by the Spirit of God today. Although I'd like to, I'd like to just go on all afternoon and just get into all this stuff. But you know, as a born-again believer, you have the Holy Spirit residing right here. And sometimes, if you want to really begin to grow and be disciplined, you'll start listening down in here when people say things. Because a lot of people don't do that. You know, they just go off somewhere half-cocked, listen to everything, believe everything. If they hear it down there at the grocery store, they'll believe it. If they hear it down at the local whatever, they believe it. Sometimes if you want to start growing in this Word, you'll start measuring right here what you just heard. And like a guy said, if it seems like sandpaper, that's not for you. If it's real velvety, and sing, or maybe it'll create a curiosity. Maybe you want to know more. Because sometimes God will put people in your, 
in your face out there to challenge you in an area and make you want to know more. And as I say many times, when you get those inspirations, uh, that's like an opportunity to invest in the stock market where you can make millions if you just do it. Only it's investing in God's Word. When you get those inspirations of curiosity, that's a point you should say, okay, Lord, I just got curious about this thing. Sandy had a curiosity yesterday, and she's going she's gonna to grow that thing. I mean, she's going to follow that through because the Lord gave her something that will be developed. And, and what I saw was she came home, and immediately she starts asking me questions, and my favorite way is, I don't know, Sandy, look it up yourself. <laughs> Well, I did, I did it because I was thinking of something else and getting ready for today, which I haven't used a thing that I was getting ready for anyway. <laughs> but the other thing is, I knew if she did it herself, she'd get a foundation in that realm, and she would have something real powerful to bring out at a certain time to certain people. But she also had an inspiration that uh, was... I've had a petition before the Lord about some things and want to know some, th- know some things. And in her walk, she came back and says, well, you know, I just thought I heard this. Well, she didn't know I'd been inquiring about this, so the Lord used her to bring an answer to me. So, is that neat? Yeah. Praise the Lord. Good preaching? Yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> you're, you're all here. I can't, can't get out. i got the door blocked now. So it gets back to that question, what do you believe? Why do you believe it? And so if I've got some more notes here. But I also, as long as I got into healing here, I've got a book that I recommend if you're into, want to know more about it. And uh, anyway, it's called Healing the Sick. I've had it for years. At one time, I had a whole tape series on it. There's a quote here, Faith is only believing that God will do what He said in His Word of promise that He would do. That's all it is. We can do all kind of definition on faith. We, we can say all kinds of things. You can write books on faith. But I thought that's, that's it right there. It's simply believing if God said it, you believe it. You know, other people will say, well, God, uh, God said it, that settles it. Others say, well, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. I say it's settled before you ever believe it. But you settle it for yourself. And you can be in this Word a long time, and still, some of these things have not come to roost. You've still, they've still not settled, I know. Uh, if that weren't the case, yeah, we'd quit studying a long time ago. But we find out every day we don't know everything. <laughs> but it's not the knowledge, it's the, it's the knowledge. Uh, you know, it's the knowledge, it's the, it's the boldness that we have with this stuff. And, and then you get into requiring this Word to work for you. And if you know the Word, and you go before the Lord... That's when you were. So then he further says in that, he said, This fact places that mysterious something that preachers call faith within the reach of the simplest child. And I think that's the way it is. Uh, Keep it simple. Find it in the Word. Uh, Take that Word for yourself. I wanted to shift that a little bit into Mark 11. We had an experience this week. In between uh, the things we were doing in the studio and a little fellowship with some old friends that have been acquainted with the Word a long time and they've had a lot of challenges. But this lady told me they get my podcast. Podcasts are something that we publish like I'm recording today 
And then there's a way with these cell phones to send it out to lots of people, and that's what we do. And this friend of ours said she listens to my podcast over and over and over and over again. Her husband said he, he heard somebody in her bedroom the other night, walked in, it was my voice under her pillow. <laughs> now, that's not, that's not about me. That's about a person that wants to get this figured out. And I can relate to that. Because in the beginning, when I received five faith tapes, I wore them out. I didn't listen to one and say, I have it. Over and over and over again. And so many times that over about a four-week period of time, I don't keep track of the calendar. I don't know anymore. But over about a four-week period of time, it was in me. And then she said she was talking about this Mark 11. What did I say? Mark 11. And you see, I broke that out some time ago in a teaching. And she's listened to that over and over again. Because according to Mark 11:22, of course, have the faith of God. I won't today, but 23 says, Assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believe those things that he says will come to pass, he'll have whatever he says. And I pointed out a few weeks ago, that was our dominion. That had to do with our dominion, our power. But then verse 24 says, Therefore I say to you that whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And I said the other day, I said, that's your provision that you... I said, it broke it out between the two. Because even though I've heard these scriptures how many, how many times? You know, hundreds <laughs> But the one day it, it came clear, to make it clear to you, what's the difference in those two scriptures? Do they all just run together? No, they don't. One has to do with the dominion and power that God has given us to speak to those hindrances in our life. The other is to simply ask God for those things that are in His provision. So why do I spend time today on His will? It's got to do with His will. His will is healing. His will is prosperity for you. His will is peace in your life. Uh, there's all kinds of things that are in God's will. And He wants those operating in us. But on the other side of the coin, there's things in your life that shouldn't be there. When we're talking about diseases, we're talking about authority over diseases. Mark 23, 11, 23 would be where you'd take authority over those hindrances. Uh, you know, you could say something like lack. If there's a lot of lack in your life continually, well, speak to it. But then ask God in 24 to show you how you can pull out of that lack, <laughs> right? So those are things I, I think probably I've gone far enough today, but uh, I was going to start with that. But on the other side of the coin, I've covered a lot of ground already and uh, that I hope would give you a little, another trigger to move on. But the bottom line is, when, when the Bible says that by His stripes you're healed, then you look at your body and something in your body's not working right, you have to immediately say that wasn't God's plan for you to have that wrong in your body. So therefore, we need to, we need to grab this Word of God like we would a brand new 
dessert at the dessert bar or whatever it is. We need to grab it. We need to take ownership of it. That's for me. To me, when I learned about this stuff and, and began to see people out there that, that had a need, then I wanted to take ownership of how do I help them? How do I help them with this newfound authority and this newfound? Because I found out right away the majority of the things that in our life we'll use our authority on. I read, I, I, I will probably not go through those today, but last night I, I did a quick restudy of Acts. Because I wanted to see how Paul operated. Do you know in that whole, whole, chat, whole book of Acts, uh, I found out he took authority over a few things. found out he never prayed for himself once. Now, you go on into Romans, Colossians, some of those, there's prayers in there. Because he was praying for you and I. Praying for the Colossians, praying for the Philippi, but praying for the Ephesians. He was praying for them, showing us how to pray for everyone else. Never prayed for himself. That I found. Now he, he learned how to deliver himself. You know, he learned how to do that. But, uh, and also, you know, there's times that, that he's, he's probably, he doesn't say it, but there's probably times that he's, he's moving in kind of a prayer fellowship with the Lord. You're saying, Lord, where do I go now? Because then it talks in Acts, and I'll cover those over the coming weeks. Talk about those, those closed, closed doors to his ministry. Because the Holy Spirit was orchestrating him, don't go here, don't go there. You know, he blew it a few times and got beat up by people that didn't like him, but that's, that's another story. But he never prayed for himself that I could find. But he took authority over the things that shouldn't be there. And, and even as an example, I'll just close with that because it was kind of interesting. Uh, if you look at, um, you know, Jesus himself in, in Matthew uh, 8, uh, what is that? Matthew eight seventeen, some of the things I'd never thought of before either, but in Matthew eight seventeen, in verse sixteen, it's talking about a healing there. I could say go to fourteen. He says, "Now when Jesus had come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother being sick with a fever. He touched her hand, and the fever left her. Then she rose and served them. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon possessed, and he cast out the spirits of the word. Took authority over them, right?" that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of Isaiah the prophet, saying he himself took our infirmities, bore our sicknesses, and, and so on. So he showed us authority, but he also would pray a lot on the other side of the coin. So we see examples of Jesus. I could show you more in Paul, but I'm going to close for today. Uh, just want you to leave with that. What do I believe? Why do I believe it? What influenced me to believe that way? You know, was it some teacher in Sunday school? Was it, was it somebody, a uh, teacher in high school? Was it my mom or my dad or what? It, who was it that influenced you? And ask the Holy Spirit to root those things out that are not true. Because why? What day is today? The first day of the rest of our lives. Every one of us. And if something hasn't been really smooth with our life, today's a good day to start going the other direction, right? Isn't that right? right? Praise God.